Familia, I know it's uh, it's late. I know it's late, but I did promise everybody on Monday show that I was going to start trying to do a Tuesday show. I just didn't give you a specific time because I'm still working on the overlays and and then like you know coming up with topic topics I want to talk about. Excuse me, and um, you know, uh, and then get on here and see if I could chop it up with a bunch of boxing heads, hardcore boxing fans like myself that um, you don't want to touch on certain things, you know. So if you saw the title here, Canelo Cherry picking at 168. What's popping there, IBT? What's going on, Outlaw? How you doing, guys? Thanks for uh, joining me and stuff. So going back again, if you saw the title, uh, Canelo Cherry picking at 168, I'll tell you why I put that title up there, <clears throat> okay? Uh, as you all know, my co-host Amilcar is doing the show, which is Leaving the Ring Live at 5. Um, it's on his channel. Uh, he's doing a great job. It's gonna be on, uh, he's going to be on tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, at 2 p.m. Um, Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Well, last week, he was on D-Style channel, and uh, he was making his case and why Got the, Canelo is like the pound for pound, the top dog, right? And if anybody wanted to argue with him about it because in the past you've had like the, the Charlo fans and the Gennady uh, Golovkin fans and even the just playing out straight Canelo haters um, to come on and point out why Canelo shouldn't get that position of being the top dog, right? So I was like, you know what? If there's one thing about a lot of... Uh, fanboys or whatever you want to call them, okay? Guys that obviously don't watch the sport as as much as we do, you know I mean? I've said this numerous times, you know, boxing is just not a sport to us. It's a lifestyle. We breathe it. We sleep it. I mean, it's if there's if there's like a, a movie that's coming out, uh, a Pyramid movie, but a boxing match, we'd pick the boxing match. Or if the buddies come over and they want to go out, and there's fights on the television, what do we do? We pick that over going out, right? Uh, I remember me, you know, uh, telling the old lady on a, you know, Saturday night, make sure she made no plans on Saturday night because if HBO boxing after dark was on, we're not going anywhere. Or a pay-per-view was not going anywhere. I remember sitting there and praying because my son was going to, my son, uh, my youngest was supposed to be born on September, the year that Bernard Hopkins and uh, Tito Trinidad was going to fight. I remember sitting there praying to God, like, please don't let him, uh, don't let my wife give birth on the day that a day of the fight. And uh, it didn't happen. God heard my prayers. So, you know. <laughs> uh, Outlaw, breaking news, Fox Sports ending their contract with PBC. That's still a rumor. You know, um, I'm not really entirely. I've been hearing that for the past two years actually, so I wouldn't really jump on that yet, just yet, you know, um, but I mean, like, you know, it's been a rumor for some time that Fox hasn't been happy, but with the new numbers that came out uh, with Caleb, uh, Plant, and uh, Truax, I don't know, that 1.6 average, it definitely will start changing uh, changing the minds of suits out there, you know, because, uh, and also, too, Al Heyman pays a pretty high price to be on those TV slots, okay? So, I don't know. Like I said, it's uh, to be seen, okay? Anyways, don't want to go off track what I want to talk about here on Viva the Ring. Quick takes here. Um, going back with Canelo. Now, I listen to these guys, 
And a lot of times they don't even have their ducks in a row of why they would not give the throne to Canelo Alvarez as pound for pound or whatever. If you make those lists, I don't. I don't make pound for pound lists. I don't believe in them. Um, I think it's it's very you know uh, thin. You could tear it apart. Uh, you know anybody's list, right? Is argumentable, debatable. Uh, but if I was to make an argument about Canelo Alvarez's career, about what he's doing, this is how I would go about it. Okay, now hear me out. I'm not entirely saying that he doesn't deserve the spot that he's earned because he's literally fought to be there, being the cash cow. But being the cast cow and being the best fighter, you know, are two different things. But you can't take away that Canelo is one of the best fighters plus the cash cow, okay? But let's, you know, if you have to look at Canelo Alvarez's career, you got to look at it as um, there's two parts to his career. You get the early part before 2013, before we got in with Floyd Mayweather, okay? And, uh, he, you know, you can make the argument he was young. He stepped in with Floyd, the biggest test of his career. He was still really green, and Floyd uh, made him uh, step in and fight a, at a weight, a catch weight that drained him, okay? That is all true, okay? Had he really fought anybody to get to Floyd yet? I mean, if you look at his career, and I got it up, I believe I should have it up here. Let me post it up here really quick, Okay. So if you look at Floyd here, to lead up to Floyd, he had, you know, he had Alfonso Gomez, Kermit Centron, Shane Mosley, Josito Lopez, Austin Trout, and then Floyd. Those are pretty good names. Really think about it. Before getting in there with Floyd, all right? The Austin Trout was really what sold everybody to think that he may be competitive because he was young, big, and strong to get in with Floyd Mayweather. But we end up finding out uh, and I remember when this fight was announced, I was on the podcast saying too soon, too early for Canelo Alvarez. And that was done, done deal. Then after that, he loses to Floyd Mayweather. He goes on strategically, starts facing, he took on Angulu immediately, who really honestly kind of saw the end of his days. Okay. Then he gets a Miracon, same thing, really cheating, making the Miracon jump up and wait. Uh, he also got in with Kirtland, which also, too, we saw his better days in the beginning of his career. We knew that Kirtland wasn't the same. But but the chase was what Gennady Golovkin was going after Canelo Alvarez. And it was really, you know, Canelo wasn't ready for Triple G. I remember when everybody was pressing for this fight, and I was saying on leaving the ring numerous times was the fact is that Canelo wasn't a 160 pounder yet and what good does it do for triple g to beat a guy that had never even ventured to 160 hadn't even flirted in 160 but then canelo decides to do the one thing that we all thought he would do which is go after miguel Cotto, who wasn't very dangerous at 160 okay takes that title what does he do wins vacants it drops back down okay then we thought, okay, he's not going to face uh, Gennady Golovkin. He's ducking Triple G. He finally gets in there with Triple G. Fights him. I thought he lost. They gave it. They may end up uh, giving it a draw. Gets right back in with Triple G. Wins that fight. I thought he won that fight. People still argue that Gennady won both fights. Whatever the case, whatever you think, it's your preference. It's you own it. Okay, I'm owning that. I thought the first fight he lost. The second fight he won. Okay, after that. You know, he decides to go after Rocky Fieldings at 168, which was the weakest title holder at 168. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely, there's nothing wrong with that, okay? Because he hadn't tested that water at 168. He hadn't even stayed at 160 very long. So I thought it was a good idea, you know, for him to, uh, to go up and get a title, at 168 to see because it was unknown territory for Canelo Alvarez, right? He takes that jump. He takes that fight. Then what does he do after? Well, at 168, stays there. Faces Danny Jacobs. Now, Danny Jacobs, we knew he was wear and tear. 
We knew that it wasn't the Danny Jacobs that faced Gennady Golovkin, who gave Gennady Golovkin a run for his money. A lot of folks had a draw. I had a draw. A lot of folks had uh, Danny Jacobs winning that fight. Goes back again. What is your preference, right? You know? Um, then after that, he makes the unbelievable jump to 175 and faces Sergey Kovalev. Now, I thought Sergey Kovalev was going to give Canelo Alvarez a much better fight than we were anticipating, okay? But instead, it was a shutout. He beat down Sergey Kovalev. Then, just last year, but the end of last year, of 2020, it gets in with Callum Smith, who by far you would have to say is the best 168-pounder in that division. Callum Smith, resume, look it up. I shouldn't have to do your job, right? If you're a, a casual fan or you're arguing that Canelo doesn't need that to earn that spot. Now, this is where I could argue making their point that they cannot make on their own, okay? And uh, I'll definitely get to everybody's you know, uh, comments here, um, you know, and, uh, and then we'll talk about it, but I just want to get this, what my quick thought about, quick take about this Canelo Alvarez cherry picking the 168 division. Okay. <clears throat> After beating Triple G, let's think about this. The toughest fight, two fights in, or two opponents in Canelo Alvarez's career that stand out is Floyd Mayweather, who he lost to, and then the back-to-back -back fights to Gennady Golovkin. After that, after that, going in with, with Fieldings to Kovala, Danny Jacobs, and even um, Callum Smith, he was the favorite. Wasn't the underdog. It's really rare that you see Canelo Alvarez become the, 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 the underdog. But... Let's go back a little, back to 2013, okay? After he loses to Floyd Mayweather. He goes after Angulo, he goes after Kirtland, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And 154, let's focus at 154. He gets a title, doesn't really, you know, fights whoever, but never really talks about unifying division. Now, remember unifying, the, the key word is unifying. Unifying a division is, is the thing you want to remember. That's the... Highlight that word, okay? Because we're going to come back to unifying a division, okay? He's at 154, okay? And he goes, jumps back up. I mean, don't he jumps up for the middleweight division and fights Cotto. Drops it, goes back down. But again, goes back again and gets Gennady Golovkin, as we mentioned. But never again that doesn't unify the division. What does he do after he finally gets the win over again in Eagle He jumps to 168 and gets a title there. And again, never hear about unifying a division. Jumps up to 175. And he gets, you would have to admit, is the more shop-worn fighter, Kovala, at 175. But I still thought it was a dangerous fight. Okay? Because it's Kovala, the crusher, right? Drops that title, cuts back down now decides that he wants to unify the 168 division. Why was this never mentioned at 154, 160? Forget 175, but just those two divisions alone, especially at 160. Why was there ever, ever any talks about unification belts? Why only 168? Well, let's look at 168. Who's at 168 that holds the title at this moment? You got, you, you, at the time you had Kellen Smith, who he beat, got that title. Uh, Fieldings, who he beat, got that title. But in the last two standing now are B.J. Saunders and Caleb Plant. And they're very similar. Very similar. Okay? Both don't carry big punches. Both are not killers in that division. You look at the middleweight, you got some questionable fighters there, that 160. Okay? Some dangerous fighters. There. You have the Charlo, you have uh, uh, Andrade. Two completely different fighters. And I don't know about you, but I think Demetrius Andrade is a much bigger puncher than Caleb Plant and even B.J. Saunders, okay? Charlo, we know, is very physical, uh, very athletic, explosive. Now, does he hate, does there questions looming around his head? Absolutely. But again, never 
did he mention unifying the middleweight division? Why not? Why didn't he ever talk about that? Why did he just focus at 168? A very weak division. Now, if I was one of the Canelo haters or the Charlo fanboys or, you know, anybody like that, that would be my argument. And I just sit here and wonder, why doesn't anybody point this out? Okay? Again, now, you're going to sit here, and here's for the Canelo haters. They're going to say, see, I told you, Dave. I told you. See, you're even now bringing up a point that we didn't even think about. The only reason you didn't think about it, she's not a really hardcore boxing fan, and you don't look at history. And I'm going to tell you why. You can't just put this on Canelo and what he's doing strategically in this plan of deciding to unify the 168 division. Okay? And I'm going to tell you why. Because it doesn't lay on him. You know, I know you guys have all heard this phrase. Don't hate the player, hate the game. Well, in this situation, don't hate the fighter, hate the game. It's not Canelo's fault and his team's fault that they strategically are a lot smarter and better at business. Okay? When they decided to jump up to 175 and face Kovala, they, did, they took a page from Roy Jones Jr., who did the exact same thing when he was rated at 175 as a lightweight, okay? What did Roy keep flirting with at the time? I want to fight a heavyweight. He actually started tagging his name with Lennox Lewis. You guys remember that? He, want, he keeps saying, I want to fight Lennox Lewis. He was even saying Mike Tyson at that time when Mike Tyson had already been beaten by Danny Williams. He keeps saying, I want to fight Mike. That's my dream fight. But... I want to fight Lance Lewis. So what did he do? He decided to jump up and get the weakest link of the heavyweight division, which is the quiet man, John Ruiz. Gets that title. Did he stick around? Talk about unifying the title? No, he went back down. That's number one. That's the first page he took. The second page is he took one from Floyd. Okay? Floyd... And it's kind of similar, but not a whole lot, okay? But you have to look at the way the pawns are moved, okay? Moved. Floyd retired out of the welterweight division, waited for everybody to fight each other, and then he went in when, it, when the division was weakened. Well, he kind of seems to say the same thing about Canelo Alvarez at 168. He sees that as really, a really weak division. Now, I know you guys are going to say, but Dave, you got David Benavides, you got David Morrell, you, you got some guys in the 168, but they don't hold a title. And who's to say that Canelo Alvarez, after he unifies, because the plan is to unify it this year. Think about it. Okay, May for, for uh, uh, first he's got to get past his mandatory. Then he has to go after, uh, he's going to get uh, uh, BJ Saunders in, in May. Then September talk is Caleb Plant. Right? If he's able to accomplish this with no hump, no bumps, and gets this done, Who's to say he sticks around at 168 to face those monsters like David Benavides? Let me ask you this. Is Canelo Alvarez, since getting that win over Triple G, has he not been the favorite over everybody? Will he not be the favorite over BJ Saunders and be the favorite over Caleb, Caleb, uh, Caleb, uh, Caleb Plant? Sorry, Caleb Plant? He will. He definitely, definitely will. So could you make a case that he's a cherry picker? You absolutely can. But then you got to go back again. It's the game. It's not the fighter. The fighter's team draws up a plan, and the fighter does what the plan is there available. Okay? And again, he could be called out about why he decided to take the 168. Why didn't he not ever decide to unify the 160? Why did he flirt at 175? Why did he do it? And I think the easy answer it is, is, well, you know what? I knew it would spark up interest. I knew that it would uh, get asses in the seat. And it was a perfect, uh, it was a perfect champion to take advantage of who's on his way out. Not just his toes at that, outside the door, it was his whole body. That's why he decided to take that. And like I said, if you look at other champions, everybody's done it. Every champion that's a household name and, and pulls a draw, have all done it the exact kind of same way as what Canelo Alvarez is doing, you know? So I, I sit there and I go and I listen to these fanboys and I listen to these Canelo haters and they're all coming up with the wrong thing when you could focus on exactly what's in front of you, which is how he's ma maneuvered himself to get in this position, which a lot of folks like to use the word deserve. It's not deserve, it's called earn, Okay. Now, does Canelo have the top, the, the best resume in boxing? Yeah, you have to you have to admit that. 
But then you can nitpick that resume as well because of the older champions and then some guys are on the way out, etc., etc. Okay? Because in all honesty, only two fighters in his whole career, of all the guys he's fought, he was not the favorite. Everybody else, he's been the favorite to beat. You know, so if you want to question how daring is he to be great, you could question that, you know, I mean, boxing, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things where you can get an Andy Ruiz night. It does happen in the sport, but the majority of the betters in Vegas, and you always got to go with the bookies out there, is they're going to call it right. And they've been right about Canelo Alvarez and picking him to be the favorite pretty much everybody he stepped in the ring with. You know, the only ones that you were scratching your head about was Floyd Mayweather and then Triple G. That's my quick take about Canelo Alvarez cherry picking at 168. Tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me what you think. Uh, give me your input. I'm going to check out the chat room really quick. And uh, I got the fight schedule here for February 13th all the way to the 27th. Check that out. We got some good fights lined up in February here. Um, you know, if anybody's complaining about the February calendar, just show them that. Those, those uh, four fights alone there on the, on the, the fight screen here uh, should get your blood boiling and stuff. Uh, okay, let's let's. Let's go on up. Okay, okay, let's see. All right, let's go with, uh, let's see. Jesus M says, this is the order Canelo should fight David Benavides, Andrade, Charlo, and Berlanga. He should. Berlanga's not, you know what, though, the thing with Berlanga, and that's what I was meaning, the 168 division, I get what he's doing. It's, it's historical. He, he unifies that. You know, uh, I think uh, not on one of our calls on Monday or somebody else was saying he'd be the first one. Not even uh, nobody else at 168 have ever unified that division. I'd have to double check that. Don't hold me to it. But if he does it, it's historical for, for Canelo Alvarez to do that. But like I said, Benavides, Berlanga, these guys here um, don't hold anything that he wants. It makes me wonder, David Benavides was still around and had that title. I'm sorry, not he's still around, but I mean holding that title. When would there have been talks of unifying that division? It makes me it's one of those things you want to go, hmm, I'm not really sure yet. Okay. But again, you can't hate <laughs> hate the fighter. You gotta hate the game. Okay. And it also makes me wonder, will he stick around at 168 to try to keep the unification bout? Or does he drop it? Does he then does he decide to jump up to 175, which a lot of folks are calling for, saying that in order for him to be, you know, the it factor, the pound for pound guy, to get all this respect and that everybody's giving him, he's got to jump up to 175. That makes me wonder if he does 168, does he go after the bigger white sharks that are at 175 rather than sticking around for David Benavides and for Edgar Belanga? I don't know. Or does he jump back down after unifying and says, ah, the hell with this, let me leave and go to 160. You know, but the current, yeah, okay, the Troy Williams, but the current Canelo destroys Gennady Golovkin. I don't disagree with that. Absolutely not. But when they did face each other, you have to admit, you know, it was a 50-50. Actually, the first fight wasn't a 50. Everybody was picking uh, Gennady Golovkin. I don't really remember um, the bets in Vegas, but I'm pretty sure it was Gennady Golovkin. And honestly, honestly, a lot of folks were picking, were picking Gennady Golovkin in that first fight to knock out Canelo. And in the second fight, I think it was pretty even, um, going in. I think a lot more folks thought, Hey, well, you couldn't have hurt him the first time. Uh, but I still think that everybody was edging with Gennady Golovkin to win that second fight because nobody expected Canelo Alvarez to come out and fight Triple G's fight. Right? So that goes that. Fantastic hands. Canelo was calling Cotto before Cotto won the 160 to be clear and uh, fair. Well, yeah, but he did have that title and he wanted that title and he got the title. Okay. Um, you know, so no, I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying that, you know, his resume is weak. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, like I said, if I was going to be a hater or to, to interrupt anybody that's claiming Canelo has the number one spot, I think this would be a better, better argument. If you want to look at something, look at the division he decided to target. He didn't target any other division and started talking unification belt. I mean, you know, unification. Okay, that's that's the argument I'm, uh, uh, that I would use. 
and Joe Lopez. I criticized Canelo a lot for fighting Amir Khan. Yeah, not the only one. A lot of folks did. You know, a lot of folks folks did. Yes, please, and double jab, you know, the uh, the button there, man, so that um, we can keep rolling here. Let's see. Troy Williams, uh, that Callum fight was a masterpiece of performance. Like, it was. It was a bad. And that's what I'm saying. You know, a lot of times you get a guy that gets in that position and then it really starts kind of, you know, the cherry picking, like I said, you could use that argument. He is cherry picking a division. But the way he's performing in that division, it's really spectacular, man. Because even Callum Smith, who was a really good fighter, I mean, almost 6'4", and look how dominant he was. His counterpunches got better. Even when he fought, I'll tell you what was impressive. Even when he fought Danny Jacobs, and again, you got to look at Danny Jacobs, you know, wasn't of the guy that faced uh, Triple G, but it was masterful. And that's when you started really going, okay, he's starting to really uh, uh, show his, 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 that he's hitting his prime now, okay? He's hitting that peak of, of being the best that he could show us, okay? So, yeah, most definitely, bro. And who so says, uh, Triple G bouts were close. Yeah, they were, absolutely were, man. Absolutely were. Let's go with, um, so, hands, has rack, hands. No, that's not what started the whole rift between Golden Boy and Canelo. Canelo did uh, want to unify the 160 division. Oscar dropped the ball, and Canelo got stripped of one of the alphabet titles. I don't remember that. I would have to go back, man. Um, let's see. Every division... Has one or two weak champions. Those are the ones Canelo goes after. Hmm. Again, see? I mean, you can make an argument about it, you know? Uh, Roy Jones was saying he wanted Holyfield after the KO of Griffin. He did. He was always flirting with that. Always, you know? And that's what I'm saying. You know, if we hold every champion for what, they're, what they've said in the past, you can be, you can criticize every single one of them because every single one of them have done that, you know? And every single one of them, look, a fighter fights. Okay, if you tell the fighter to get in with this guy, they're going to do that. They trust their manager. They trust, they trust their, their, their trainers. Fighters are loyal. The majority of them are pretty loyal to whoever's handling their career. Okay, so fantastic hands. You might be right. You know, uh, Canelo's like, hey, I want this. Uh, um, and, and the promoter dropped the ball or just didn't want to do it. Okay, saw that maybe he wasn't ready for that one season. I've talked about that before. I thought that Golden Boy did a great job by removing removing him from the 160 division after getting that Canelo title because I didn't think he was ready for a Gennady Golovkin. I didn't think he'd fill into that body yet. You know, I thought that still, you know, fighting Cotto uh, um, uh, wasn't the bar for me to say, okay, he's ready to face some tough oppositions at 160. Okay, I, st I thought it was still too early when he got in with Triple G that first fight, you know. So let's go here. What's going on, Run PMC? How you doing, brother? What's going? No, Dom, we can't, man. Unfortunately, um, because I don't have that. What a uh, meal card does is what he patches it into his. He does it on his side. I have to buy that. I'll do that soon, so we can take. I can take calls when I'm doing the uh, the quick take here, man. So unfortunately, I apologize. Just put in what you want in the chat room. I'll post it up, and uh, I'll talk about it. Okay. Let's go. Um, War defeated and undefeated Kovala, the supposed boogeyman at the time. He certainly did. I thought he lost that first fight, to tell you the truth. Second one, I thought he was a shutout, in my opinion. IBT, let's see. Uh, Canelo has been unified in three to four divisions. He hasn't held world titles in. Let's see. Canelo grift with Golden Boy started after Oscar fumbled the paperwork with the IBF title and was stripped. He was one fight away from unification. Middleweight and Oscar, in my opinion, purposefully messed it up. You know, and again, I think you know there's a strong possibility he did he did do that because I think he saw what a lot of us saw that he wasn't ready for that 160 division. You know, he mentally he was. And think about this: when he wanted to fight Floyd, it was him mentally. They truly believed. Him and his whole team thought they were going to beat Floyd. The only ones that didn't think that were the ones who were actually going like, I don't know, man. I think you may be a little too green to jump up and face uh, Floyd Mayweather. 
you know. So let's go here. Let's go uh, outlaw. I knew from the start of a negotiation with Lou DeBell and Golden Boy, I knew he was going to lay, play hardball with them. Lou is upset that it was called that he was called a sham promote shame promoter by Oscar. Poor Lou DeBella, man. That guy's been uh, <laughs> called out all kinds of times, man. Uh, LaRocca, love the show. Might want to have the opportunity to see Canelo fight uh, next fight as it's in, in his home state, in my home state of Florida. Man, that'd be great. I actually was talking about him, talking to Mill Carr about this today earlier about, you know, can't wait for these fights to um, open up for everybody in the public to just take a trip and head out there, man, you know? The Don says, I was a huge Canelo hater, but this resume is stacked Mayweather, Laura, Trout, Triple G, and just pieced up Callum Smith, a top 160-pounder, and he beats Plant. That's a good name. You got to admit, I, I, like I said, I, that's what I'm saying. Again, I'm just saying if, if I had to have an argument about Canelo and his, about why we're putting him uh, as the top dog and, and putting him in the position as the, the best fighter in the world, I think the argument would make of how this, what he decided to make to go after the 168, the weakest division, okay? You can make that argument. There is an argument there, okay? Because the what ifs and what ifs not, it still, still can go like, well, he still picked this division. Why didn't he not just stay at 160 after he beat tri Triple G? Forget the 54, forget the, even when he got with Cotto and Oscar dropped the ball. What about after? After he fought Triple G? Could have stayed there. I mean, there were other guys there, too. You did have Charlo. You did have uh, Andrade. You did have, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, B.J. Saunders at the time. Those guys were there, but he did it. He moved up, okay? What was perfectly fine. He decided to go up to uh, face Rocky Fieldings. He got that title. Now he's sticking at 168, you know? And that's what I mean. That's the argument you could definitely make um, in terms of you wanna, if you want to, I guess, nitpick Canelo's, Canelo's career. You could personally pick that, you know, pick that, you know, but I just thought that was a great conversation for everybody, you know, to, uh, uh, to bring up and to hear your guys' thoughts about it. And like I said, the thing is, is that it's, I, I was hoping when Amilcar's show that there was going to be somebody to call in to make an argument. Uh, but a lot of times when you get these Canelo haters or even anybody else that wants to make like the Charlo fam fanboys that want to say like he, he should fight, you know, Canelo needs to fight him right now, right now. I was hoping they would call in to make their case. But normally you don't really get that. You just get you just get that Charlo deserves this. And I think that was like on Triple G's, uh, I mean, a <laughs> G Funky show, uh, you know, the HP, uh, HCP uh, Uncensored, where you had a Charlo fan keep saying, he, you know, Charlo deserves that. You know, how come it's only Canelo can do it, you know? And I was like, that's not really a good argument there. You should pick something else. Let's go with the... Uh... See, no one can fault Canelo for going for the belts, but I kind of feel that Canelo is at, is at Mayweather stage where he can just chase the fighters he wants to fight, not necessarily a belt. Yeah, I, I think so too. You know, and I, again, um, it goes to that it's you can't hate the fighter. You have to hate the game. You know, Floyd was notorious at knowing how to maneuver things in his favor. OK, um, he mastered it. You know, uh, it's just like that saying what Mike Tyson once said on 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 on. I can't remember what show it was, but he said, you know what? The one thing fighters have never learned to master is their money. That is a skill. To handle their money, and you got to admit, Floyd uh, mastered that, and, and it's been pretty skillful. And Canelo Alvarez as well has mastered his money, and saw that when he wasn't going to get paid the way he was supposed to, that was promised by, you know, uh, uh, DeZone and Eddie Hearn, and from Golden Boy, what did he do? Opt out. He got out of it, and became a free agent. You know, yeah, man. You know what? Come on, on. Um, on Monday show, you know, definitely, you know, like I said, we could keep this whole conversation back up, you know, um, again, I'm not, there's nothing I'm going to argue with you guys about because I agree with everything you guys are saying, you know, but oh, I, I'm going, you know, and 
well, I mean, I'm gonna I'm being the devil advocate, I guess you could say. Let's see. The Don, why is everyone hard on Charlo fight? I'd rather see him fight Plant. Hmm. Um, I think it's just because I don't know. You know what? I don't know why, man. Um, I, I think you know, no matter what Canelo does, I mean, it's just already proven. I mean, he could fight, he could fight Godzilla, man, and they're still gonna be like, well, he fought the Godzilla of the of of today. He didn't fight the Godzilla of the fifties, you know. My time, uh, my timeline wrong about what, um, Hans? Tell me what I, uh, what, what my timeline was wrong on, brother. I'm not quite sure because I'm talking about so much different stuff here. So just uh, let me know. But yeah, you know, going back again with Charlo, you know, I don't know. I just, I guess, I guess because he didn't face him at 160 for whatever reason, he moved up. And uh, like I said, you can't fault him for going after Kovala because that was a big money fight and it was for history. Uh, whereas for Charlo, I, I hate to say this. I mean, you could, again, you can make an argument about this, but Charlo is not a, a, a name that's going to move the needle. It really isn't. I mean, he really hasn't done anything to kind of force and corner Canelo Alvarez. And, and see, that's another topic there. Okay. Um, Another topic that, that you could definitely uh, bring up is this, okay? Like, I see a lot of guys, like, dump all over Tilfimo uh, Lopez, and they're, like, saying Haney deserves to face uh, Lopez uh, now. And I was talking to G Funky about this, and I was like, what does this word deserve, man? I mean, in boxing, it doesn't really exist. I don't know why people keep saying deserve. It's earned. We got to earn that fight. And how do you earn that fight? Is you shut down everybody. You shut down the corners to that champion where now he has to just focus and say, okay, I'll fight you. What I liked about Lopez, what the kid did, he fought guys like Comey, uh, 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 the Japanese kid. And, 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 and he kept targeting Lomachenko. In any, every, and every time you put a camera on the guy and the guy got a mic in front of him, he keep bringing up, you know, uh, 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 Lomachenko. I mean, if you if you look at Sean Porter's career, it's the same way. He's fought everybody to try to corner the champion, so they have to basically face him. I don't understand why why are these guys, uh, all these other champions, the younger guys now, are not they they don't get the same type of treatment. Like, why don't they have to do the same things to get the big fight? You know, um, I said this. You know, if Charlo wanted a fight with with Canelo, if Canelo's successful with this 168 unification fight. Gets all these fights this year. If Charlo really wanted it, why would he? Why doesn't he just try to unify the 160? He obviously has the right guy behind him, right? Get that, and then he could jump up and say, "Look, I got all the titles at 160. Let's make history. I'm the unified champion 160. I want to fight you, the 168 unified champion. It makes it a big fight. You're cornering now the money guy to now now realize you're in the same room." I don't see the I don't see the issue. You know that's why fighters fight the fights. You know I I don't play fantasy football or any anything else because it doesn't make a difference in boxing. What do we say in boxing? You don't play boxing. You got to get in there and fight the fights, right? Let's see here. Uh, he's saying that you got the time I'm wrong about the riff with Oscar. Uh, it wasn't after the Cotto fight. It started during the negotiations with Canelo. And, um, oh, you know what? I do remember that, man. You're right. I do remember that. I do remember that. Okay, yeah, definitely, brother. Um, hands, yeah. If you guys want to call, like I said Monday, man. Um, I'll definitely try to set up a phone thing so we can plug it in and we can take quick takes here, uh, calls on quick takes here on Leaving the Ring. Because um, like I said, you know, it's, uh, it, it is going to be an open forum, man. And there's just like quick thoughts. It's not necessarily I'm right. I'm not trying to make you right. But I was just saying, hey, look, this I think this would be a good argument if I was on the other side of the fence and didn't watch boxing as religiously as the rest of you guys, you know. Ha, 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 ha.
I think so too. I think his head movement, I think the way he counter punches, I think the way he uses his jab, I think Godzilla, especially Godzilla having those short arms, man, um, is going to have a difficult time reaching Canelo Alvarez. Let's see, uh, Troy Williams, whoever Canelo fights, I'm glad it's on the zone. And the last Canelo card had that matchroom uh, flair to it. I don't know, guess I'm more into the Golden Boy cards. They do have a really clean look, you know, but I do like uh, top ranks on ESPN look, man. Um, really nice. The, the color, it stands out. It's pleasing to the eye, um, you know, so yeah. Now, Don says, uh, if he beats Plant, they are going to say Plant was was too young and green, but if Plant is, is knocking on, but Plant is knocking on 30, he isn't some prospect. You're right. You're right. But again, I, again, you can make the argument he's going to favor him. So really, where's the challenge? You know, um, you know, and, and that's what I mean by the 168. Is it, you know, you got it. I, I mean, I, <clears throat> I think these are good fights. I'm definitely going to tune in, but I know that other folks are saying I'm not too excited about seeing Canelo Alvarez versus, you know, Plant, you know, just like I'm not too excited about him facing BJ Saunders. I just, it's not because I don't think it would be a good fight. I just don't think BJ Saunders should be getting a big payday. Personally, I just don't think he's a good human being. That's why, you know, but, but these guys are the ones that are holding the title and they're in his way of getting the unification. So that's where he has to go. It's not his fault who's holding those divisions, those titles, you know, it isn't. And that's what I mean. If, okay, so if I'm arguing with myself and I said, well, you know, it's the weakest, weakest division, well, maybe it is. But, you know, I think what the plan is, here's the thing with my argument about plan is what, and I said this on Monday show, even for, uh, you know, beating uh, uh, Caleb Turak, we still haven't seen the best. Like we, we don't know if you get plant. In the corner, is he going to fight his way out? He doesn't really sit on his punches. So still, there's a little bit of unknown about Caleb Plant. We still, there's still things there to find out. He may shell up, and, he, and it may be a shutout for Canelo, or Caleb Plant comes out and fights the best night of his life in his whole career and shocks the world. It's, it's not to be seen. It's happened before. You know what I mean? So, And like I said, that's why we tune in to watch the fights. Absolutely, boxing. People forget that boxing and deserve don't belong in the same breath. They really don't, man. They really don't. Because if that was the case, a lot of guys would have got their opportunities in this sport. And as we know in this sport, it's never worked out like that. Never. You've got to fight for your position. And, 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 and unfortunately... I see more fighters using their time on, on when they get a chance to be in front of the camera uh, or on social media, they, they use their time more to be like if they're on a music video. You know, they want to show you how much money they're making. You know, uh, it's, like, it's like, you know, it's almost like these WWE characters, okay? And, and I'm not trying to offend anybody that's into the WWE and stuff, you know, at all. But, but we know those are scripted. Right, we know those guys are playing the character, they embody the character, and I don't understand why so many of these fighters are trying to do this. Uh, but but without, I mean, it'd be perfectly fine if they fought the fights, though. Like I would be perfectly okay with this over-the-top character that you bring the camera if you fought the fights. Okay, like Hector Camacho uh, Senior was this over-the-top guy, but he did fight everybody. He tried to fight everybody. Okay, you know Jorge Paez. Uh, you know, was another guy, the, the, the cloud prince of boxing uh, was another guy who was way over the top. OK, uh, you know, but I mean, he didn't have the star power that that Gamacho did had to to pick and choose. But he had to fight who they gave him. Right. Um, prince Nassim Ahmed was another guy that was way over the top. But times, you know, fans got tired of waiting for him to fight somebody good, you know. Everybody was like, okay, okay, that's great. You knocked out this dude, but when are you going to fight one of the top guys in your division? And he thought, he was trying to pull what, what Canelo did going after uh, Kovala. He decided to go after Barrera, and, and then what happened, you know? So like I said, I don't have a problem with the over-the-top over personalities, but I want you to back it up. Like, Teofimo Lopez Jr., his personality is not one that I would that I honestly care for, how he portrays himself on camera and all that. But you know what? At least the kid walks the talk, and I respect that more. 
Canelo avoiding war fights to not take so much punishment. Maybe so. You know, maybe so. Let's see. Uh, Billy Saunders hasn't fought anyone good in four years and is getting the Canelo fight. Doesn't mean you are wrong about Charles. You're right. You're right. But again, where's Canelo at at 168? Where's Charlo at? 160. And again, it goes off to that whole deserve, like you're saying right now. You know, it doesn't mean I'm wrong, but it doesn't mean that, that you know, I mean, again, the strategic plan was to unify that 168. And one of the guys that have that title turns out to be, you know, BJ Saunders. Golden Boy are better than Matchroom. I don't know. <laughs> you know, um, I, I honestly I think every promoter has their there's some faults with them. They can all there's always room for improvement in my opinion with every single promoter. Um, I criticize every promoter to tell you the truth. I I, I balance it out, man, because I think that you got to praise them when they do right, but then you got to call them out for when they do wrong. You know, um, the one the one thing that I've I've tried to do my best is to be as biased as uh, unbiased as I can. You know, and to try to give to listen with both ears, not just one. You know, I don't like lending out one ear. Immortal says, I love the Canelo versus Saunders fight because we will see Canelo attempt to achieve something historic and we get to see Saunders get his ass beat and battered like onion rings. You know what? And that's the only reason I want to watch that fight, bro. Honestly, that's the only reason, okay? Now, if you like trash talkers, and if you, like, okay, when when Adrian Broner got battered up by Chino Madonna, how fucking refreshing, how great was that? I mean, how many people stood up and got close to the screen every single round or every punch that Chino landed and that rocked Adrian Broner, okay? I mean, I got to tell you this. Uh, I think the fight was in December. Uh, refresh my memory, guys. I think it was in December. And I remember, and it was wintertime when it happened. But I remember I was the only one home and I was literally like this close to the TV screen, okay? And just shouting and screaming and loving every second of Adrian Broner eating his words. Uh, and also like taking the tactics that he's been able to get away to doing to other fighters and to see Chino do it to him was great. And I hope that Canelo, because I'm, I, I, I can only see and envision the... The tactics that, that B.J. Saunders is going to do with Canelo. You know that he's in a trash talk. You know he's going to try his best to get in the Canelo's head. And there's no boundaries with B.J. Saunders. Like I said, this this is not a very good human being. The guy's a piece of shit. We all know that. You know what I'm saying? Um, um, I don't think there's no... I, I'm not going to hide my feelings talking about B.J. Saunders. I think the guy blows as a human being. You can't deny his skills. He is a skillful guy. But he's a terrible human being, Okay. So you know he's going to actually hit below the belt right from the get-go with, with Canelo Alvarez. So that, those, and I'm, I'll tell you what, I have not been a guy since YouTube has been available and, and the internet and you can stream um, the Pence press conferences. I have not been a guy that actually tune into any of that anymore um, because you can't really read anything. Um, I think everybody tries to play the same, you know, Try to do the same stuff. Nothing's really genuine, okay? But in the past, and I'm talking about in the 90s, I used to watch every little thing, and and I remember I would just love it, man. It made me even more pumped when, like, uh, Ricardo Mayorga, you know, slapped Oscar De La Hoya, when uh, uh, Marcos Antonio Barrera punched uh, uh, um, Eric Morales, you know, uh, when when Bernard Hopkins snagged the, the Puerto Rican flag out of Tito Trinidad's hands and threw it on the floor in Puerto Rico and got chased out of the arena. Those, those that got me so amped up. And I have a feeling that the BJ Saunders and Canelo is going to kind of just be similar to that, but probably even more grittier, you know? So I'm looking forward, not just to the fight, to see hopefully Canelo batters him up. If possibly, I don't think he will stop him, but just beats him to a pole. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually looking more forward to the press conference. Let's go down here, you know. Um, let's see here. What's up, Raider? How you doing, brother? 
okay, I'm, I'm way behind. You guys were just over here uh, accommodating this. It's, it was, man, Chino. Yep, absolutely. And then again, like I said, you know, I am I am looking forward to the Canelo plant. I do like that fight. Um, yeah, you know, again, it, 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 if you're going to nitpick it, he is the favorite for all three fights that he's planning to do in 2001. And that's why, too, you could say it's cherry-picked. This is a cherry-picked division for him to take because it, all three of them really honestly don't pose a major threat, you know. Uh, even the, the fight in uh, uh, this month here, uh, what is it, uh, Yerdam, who's being trained by Howell Diaz, who's one of my favorite trainers, okay? I have all nothing but respect for Howell Diaz, who uh, helped, uh, you know, uh, Timothy Bradley be who Timothy Bradley, you know, is, you know, the Desert Storm. Um, he had a big part in Timothy Bradley's career. Um, Diaz is a very intelligent trainer, but... <clears throat> I don't think that's going to help him much, you know, for, uh, you know, going in to face Canelo. I think Canelo right now has just got too much in the bag. You know, he has too much stuff in the arsenal there that it's going to be, it's going to be hard to keep up and be a step ahead of Canelo Alvarez. Right now, he just looks like, he looks so fluent in everything that he's doing, you know. Um, and I've, I've mentioned this, you know, from going forward, going backward, from counterpunching. The one thing that I used to criticize about Canelo and used to say was, the way to get Canelo out of his comfort zone is to make him become the lead dancer. Well, when he got in with Kellum Smith, he looked phenomenal being taking the lead. You know, he didn't look like, like when he fought Erislandi uh, uh, Laura, he looked uncomfortable. When he fought Floyd Mayweather, he looked uncomfortable, you know, because he's a, he was a natural counterpuncher. But now he looks like he's mastered both styles coming forward and going back, you know. And you could actually give a lot of credit to Gennady Golovkin for contributing to that because Gennady kind of forced the best out of Canelo Alvarez, you know. So, you know, that's why I'm saying Joel Diaz. I respect him. I love him. I think this guy's. I think Joel Diaz is a, is a future Hall of Famer. Um, the guy's full of knowledge, knows how to give the perfect direction to his fighters, but I've said this before, you can give him the right instructions, but it's up to your fighter to now implicate it and then perform it in the ring. That's Those are two different things. So, let's go here. Canelo would be the betting favorite over anyone at lightweight and under. The bets would stew into his favor because of his fans putting money on him. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what it that's <laughs> that's what it pay it pays to be the boss, I guess, right? Uh to be the cash cow in the uh boxing division, you know. Um and again he's earned that right. Didn't deserve it, he earned it, you know. But yeah, man. Anyways, hit that like button. Uh and I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, quick segment here of my quick takes about Canelo Cherry picking the 168. Don't come, don't shoot down my net. About it, I'm just saying. If if I had to nitpick his career, eh, you could kind of dab it, but you can see you see how there's holes in everything, you know. And and, and like I said, I'm not I'm not talking to a bunch of uh, you know uh, Saturday Sunday night quarterbacks here when I get on leaving ring. Our listeners and our fans are hardcore boxing fans. We don't pander to casual fans. We pander to real hardcore bo boxing fans, psychopedias and stuff. And I always appreciate that because you guys will always refresh my memory and make me go like, oh shit, that's right. Or, you know, or, or bring something up that I completely forgot about or I didn't even know. You know, I always learn something new every time I'm on the show with you guys and stuff, man. Let's see really quick here. Uh, Immortal says, the experience from the Trout, uh, Floyd, Laura, Cotto, Triple G, Jacobs fight have made him a truly an elite fighter. Uh, it's the ingredient that the other champions in boxing are lacking. Again, you know, Immortal, it goes back to, the to again, what, we, what I was talking about here is... What you even said in the comp box is the word deserve and boxing don't belong in the same breath because, you know, he didn't deserve to be as this skillful. He earned his way to be this skillful. The resume of names that he has, it's pretty stacked. Um, it's pretty, it, it's not, now that's not debatable. You could debate the times that he got them. You know, one guy was out or one guy was over the hill. That is debatable, but these are names that are going to give you experience, okay? Uh, 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 you know, Ayoka and, and, and Tanaka, 
just bringing up this fight here, okay, which was a great fight that ended the new year for 2020. Um, uh, it lived up to everything. It just didn't become fight of the year for, for us, okay? But a lot of us were excited about that fight. I had picked, I had picked Ioka because the fact that I thought the experience was going to be a major factor in that fight. I wasn't questioning Tanaka's power, uh, his speed, or any of that, but I was questioning whether or not he was going to be as crafty as the more experienced warrior, okay? And and when Canelo was facing the Kodos and, and the Laras and, and the Trouts and the Floyd Mayweathers, it's experience that he was actually taking off. And, you know, we always say if a guy loses something, go back to the drawing board, right? You know, they have to go back and, and, and look at what they did and watch fight tape, okay? I saw a segment with DeZone, uh, talking about DeZone, you know, and they always lack content. They need to put more content on their on their app. But they have a segment where they show, they showing, they're showing Canelo Alvarez watching the Trout fight. And watch how how he's so focused in his, in his, his, his he's like, it's very intense on how he's like studying himself in Trout. That's what a fighter does. I always get baffled when I talk to a fighter or even like when we, I had a, a trainer on, which was um, Buddy McGirt. And Buddy McGirt goes, telling me when he, this is when he was going to, well, he was training Kovala to get in with Canelo Alvarez. And I said, Buddy, how much tape did you watch of Canelo, to, about uh, Canelo Alvarez? And he says, I don't watch any fighters. I don't watch any tapes on any fighters. And if you watch tapes on fighters, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be training. I didn't argue with him, disagree with him, because you can't argue with Buddy McGirt. I mean, this guy's a lifetime career fighter and a Hall of Famer and a trainer, okay? But I was like, really? Like, I don't know if I would, I don't know if I would do that. And when I've talked to fighters, they say the same thing. Well, I don't, I really don't watch the fights. I really don't watch boxing. And I'm like, so that I sit back then, how do you perfect what you're doing? How do you not look at something and go, hmm, that guy throws a hook off of, you know, off of his straight uh, right. He's finishing with the, with the left hook. Okay. Or this guy's starting his right, uh, lead right on a southpaw. You know, or or this guy's pivoting, but he's not taking four steps back. He's only taking a step back so he can counterpunch. He's not working his way back in. You know, how do you not know how to do those things if you're not watching fight films, either of the present or the past? Right? And what I liked about Canelo is you see he's the student of the game. And and, and that seems to be lacking in the sport. That seems to be like a dying thing in the sport, just like the word contender. Now everybody has a title. Right. So you don't even hear the word contenders anymore in boxing, you know, where there's one word that should exist. Another word should it should go. Deserve should go in boxing and contenders should replace it because that's what really we need back is contenders. And again, uh, uh, you know, students of the game, they, they, they need to come back. These fighters, so many of these fighters. And I was going back about the over the top characters. OK, that they're more focused on their image rather than how they're going to perform. I mean, Tank Davis has got this, this aura around him that he's this big puncher, but we haven't really seen him do anything of that sort against, you know, guys that right now, I, I, I mean, like Galboa, a one-legged fighter, didn't take him out of there, but everybody's already saying that he could beat, you know, you know, uh, 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 you know Ryan Garcia or even like Teofimo Lopez at 135, but he hasn't done anything there. You know, Devin Haney could beat... You know, uh, Lopez and, and, and Lomachenko, but it hasn't really fought anybody. And, and that's what I'm saying. It's becoming a lost art. I like to see these fighters, you know, go back, study tape, and then maybe they may be more confident. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is that's lacking in our sport, man. So LBC says, uh, most wanted. So why does those fighters fight each other? I don't, I'm not understand what you mean. So why does those fighters fight each other? Uh, hit me in the comment box, bro. Tell me what you mean by that there. <clears throat> you know, um, again, you know, in money. I mean, if that's what, I think that's what you're going with, going you know, uh, with there is about, you know, why are they not fighting? I mean, money, you know, um, again, uh, most fighters now are not seeking the, the legacy part. That's why I respect. Look, again, you could pick nitpick Canelo's move to 168 and deciding to go after these champions um, that are not killers in terms of punching power. Um, but historically, he's doing something. 
He's unifying it, okay? Teofimo Lopez, you got to respect his move. He went after the the guy, the man to beat the, you know, he beat the man you're supposed to beat, which is Lomachenko, okay? Uh, every, 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 everybody else is talking about, <clears throat> I want to do this, I could do this, but nobody's making the initiative of even doing it, okay? It's, when it comes down to it, it's, it's all money. Money, 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 money. And that's why that word deserve, you know, should be removed. It should be earned. You should, if you want a X amount of money, you should have to earn it. And what I mean by earn it is that you corner the who said champion. So they're kind of now forced to deal with you. They can't avoid you anymore. You know, I mean, if you look at fighters of the past, like Marvis Marvin Hagler, they did that. They had to fight all these guys because, you know, they weren't going to get that opportunity. You know, Aaron Pryor, you know, had to fight everybody to get that big money day. Okay. Uh, Floyd Mayweather. I mean, he just wasn't given, you know, the platform, the pay-per-view. He literally had a fight to get to that platform by getting Oscar De La Hoya. You know, this is the way it's been written for years. You know, there is no easy road in boxing. And and when there has been an easy road for a guy to get to that, that uh, 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 pinnacle uh, of where, they're, where they were aiming for without, you know, earning the spot, how fast have they been taken out? A prime example, Andy Ruiz. All the talent in the world. If you go to Southern California, every gym would tell you about this guy's super talented. But he's been kicked out of every gym. Because he's lazy. Now he's with Canelo Alvarez. But he <clears throat> he literally gets the shot to get AJ. And, and, and many folks were like, how is this guy getting that fight? I mean, what did he do? What did he do? Right? He gets the fight. He owns the fight. He upsets the world. But then what happened? It fizzled out of his hand. Why? Because he probably didn't really... I mean, you could argue about that. Could be another thing we could talk about. But you could really say he didn't earn that fight. He got the opportunity and he seized it. But he didn't earn it. And maybe that's why he was so easy for him to let go of it. Right? Let's see, uh, Philly, what's going on, brother? Sanders, uh, going to give that boy a boxing lesson. Um, I think that's right, Philly. You're, you're thinking that BJ is going to beat, or I don't know if I mean if you're, you're messing with me, but I think that's, I think I heard you say that you think that BJ is going to beat Canelo, right? I could be wrong. I thought Kobola used good, uh, used good strategy against Canelo. I thought so too, you know? Uh, try to use his height, his jab, and outbox Canelo. I had a close fight before Canelo KO Kovala. I, I couldn't disagree with that at all. I even talked about it after, on the aftermath of their fight. You know, um, uh, you know, but you could question. I, you know, honestly, I had thought that the yard fight took a lot out of him, didn't rest up, um, and immediately just jumped back right in there to fight Canelo Alvarez. It was a big payday. You know, and, and you know what, whether you like it or not, some fighters need to recuperate, especially if they've been in a hard fight. And I thought Kovala's body was not well rested, not making any excuses. Um, I thought Canelo was the clear winner. He did his job, got him out of there and enough said about that. Right. And there you go. Philly's picking uh, BJ. All right, guys, I think I'm all talked out here, man. Uh, hopefully, you guys join us on Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, call in. If you guys want to continue on this discussion, absolutely can. Uh, if you want to pick something else on Monday, uh, you certainly can. That's why it's there. Leave it in the ring. Um, we'll have all that set up and go so we can take calls and stuff. Uh, hopefully, we still got our guests that we got scheduled. We didn't get Robert Ghost Guerrero because he is in training camp getting ready for a fight either in April or May. That's what the talk is about. Hopefully, we can get him on this Monday. <clears throat> if not, we have somebody else scheduled Excuse me, scheduled in, uh, in the timeline. But we definitely want to get to the calls, man. So don't forget, 5 p.m. Uh, Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And don't forget that uh, a milk car is going to be on at 2 p.m. Uh, Pacific Time, uh, 5 p.m. Eastern time. And he's actually got some really good topics. He's been, if you guys haven't checked out his channel and his shows, he's been picking some really, really, really good topics as well as don't forget, uh, you got HCP, which was on tonight. It's on every Tuesday, every Tuesday at 7 PM. And then tomorrow you got on G Funky's channel. Um, you got, a uh, um, 
HCP uh, uncensored. And then on Monday, same time uh, on Monday, same day on Monday, you get the shoe sign on their YouTube channel, which is at 7 p.m. They start right after our show. All right, brothers, thanks again, man, for joining me. Be safe out there. Don't drink your drive. Uh, stay home. Wear your goddamn mask so we can all get back to the fight so I can meet up with everybody. Because I hopefully when this all ends and everybody, it opens back to the public, we can all get together, sit down, and have a couple of brewskis and chop it up and talk some real boxing. Again, guys, have a great night. I appreciate everybody tuning in. Check my music.